Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week we discuss issues including disability and income inequality. September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and the rate of suicide and the number of suicide attempts among young black people are on the rise. Children as young as five years old are at risk. Dr. Christine Crawford at the National Alliance on Mental Illness joins us to explain why this is happening. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. What we have seen over the years is that rates of suicide have been increasing among our Black youth, but particularly around um, Black women. And oftentimes, these statistics are shocking to some people because historically, suicide among youth was thought about as a uh, problem primarily affecting uh, white people. But the reality is, is that depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions impact our Black youth in a way that is quite significant and profound and unique because of situations such as racism, discrimination, bullying, that may make it such that some of these factors can have a much more deeper impact on their mental health. And for some, unfortunately, suicide is an option to to cope with some of the stressors that they face daily. What age groups are we talking about here? I mean, is, is it kids as young as five? I think I read somewhere that the suicide rate for African-American kids between five and 12 is nearly twice that of their white counterparts over the last couple of years. That's right. We're talking about young kids who are experiencing thoughts of suicide who may be engaging in suicide behaviors. We found that kids between the ages of five to 12 who are black are twice as likely to engage in suicide behaviors compared to their white peers. We're talking about kids as young as kindergarten age who are thinking about suicide, who are engaging in suicidal behaviors. It's really a cause for concern. And again, for many in the Black community, perhaps it wasn't something that was at the forefront of their minds when they were thinking about the mental health of children. But these numbers do not lie and we're really concerned about these growing rates, and we want to make sure that families, kids, and educators in the school systems have the tools and resources that are necessary to address this growing rate of suicide. What on earth could make a five-year-old considered suicide? How do they even know what that concept is? Well, it's really hard for us as adults to, to understand, because when we're thinking about a five-year-old or a child who is in elementary school, we're thinking about the innocence of youth and how fun and exciting their future is and being able to play and engage with their, with their peers. But the reality is that our kids today 
are living under circumstances that are incredibly challenging, not only for the adults in their lives, but um, for themselves as well. And so they're growing up in homes that may be struggling with mental health related issues among their caregivers. They're seeing the stress uh, related to uh, a number of different challenges, whether that be financially, um, whether that be stress uh, with regards to the relationship uh, between members of the, the, of the home, um, but also just being a kid is hard right now in terms of when you're going to school, the, the academic pressures, the bullying, uh, the mistreatment, and people are so blatant about it right now in terms of using negative words towards each other and treating kids in a, in a negative way. And I think that kids are, are out of options. It's hard for kids to, to get the therapeutic supports that they need to talk to a therapist, or even if they need some additional support in terms of medication management, if they're experiencing significant anxiety and depression. The help isn't there right now. These kids are struggling. And so unfortunately, um, ending it and thinking about suicide as a way to end the pain and the stress that they're experiencing, unfortunately, it's coming up as an option for kids. And as a child psychiatrist, that's deeply unsettling to me. I've got to ask, I know that in the Black community, there have been challenges, right, of being able to get mental health services. Is this straight about racism? Is it that they're not mental health people in communities of color? Because I, I know that Hispanic children are, are kind of close on the black kids. What's, go, what's going on out there? The reality is right now we only have 8,300 child psychiatrists in the entire country. And you can imagine that the percentage of black child psychiatrists is very, very slim. And so there aren't a number of providers that are available widespread who may be uh, in tune to some of the unique cultural considerations for this community. Not only do we have a lack of black child psychiatrists, um, there's just a lack of child psychiatrists in general. And so if you have a kid who's experiencing a mental health concern and you want to get help, as a caregiver, you're often, um, you're often feeling lost as to where to go next, who to turn to for help. Because the wait list to see someone like me can be upwards to six months or so. And kids don't have that type of time to wait, to be evaluated, to receive the treatment that they need. Um, but people need to know that mental health-related issues in children and in adults are medical issues. And so people need to understand that there's no need to wait and to delay treatment, but to go and talk to your primary care provider about your concerns about depression, anxiety, or any other mental health-related concern so that you can receive intervention within the primary care setting that hopefully can reduce the severity of the condition and can prevent some um, unintended consequences such as suicide. What kind of sign should parents, and I mean parents of all children, right, because it's it's disturbing that young people are thinking of taking their own lives. What should a parent or a caregiver or a teacher look for as, as a sign that a child needs help? It's important to talk to our kids. A lot of kids are spending time to themselves on their phones, engaged in social media, um, 
on their computers. And so what I've noticed is that there's been a lack of connection between kids and their caregivers. There seems to be uh, an increase in the distance between the two and technology and other factors may be getting in the way. And so really making the time to sit down and talk to your kids about how they're really feeling and how they're really doing. Adults, we're so busy right now. We have a lot of responsibilities that we're trying to, to juggle that it makes it hard for us to really sit down and have these deep conversations about how your, your kid is functioning. But these conversations are critical and they're absolutely necessary. And it's important to start these conversations about one's mental health at a young age. A quick way to do that is to have set times during the day or during the week where you can connect on a deeper level and say, well, I'm going to share with you how I've been doing. You know, I've been really stressed out with work and this is how I've been coping. I wonder how have you been doing? What have you been doing to, to help cope with some of the difficulties that you're experiencing? And this will provide a way for you to model how you talk about your mental health and the tools and strategies that you use um, to cope. And hopefully that will also teach your child to do the same. And you can engage in um, some discussion around strategies and tools that they can use. But when you don't have those opportunities to connect, to hear from your kid what it's like to walk their shoes every day, it will make it difficult for you to find these opportunities to, to tell if a kid is struggling. Um, so talking to kids is, is important and we all need to make the time to do that. That was Dr. Christine Crawford, an assistant professor of psychiatry at Boston University School of Medicine. Thanks so much for joining us and thanks to Alan Peng for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come on back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, and leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.